1: Hey, 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 guys, welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Today we have a special guest. So stay tuned, we will be back. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right. All right, guys. Hello. Okay. Everybody say hello to the incredible Renee Ingalls. If you don't know who that is, we are going to tell you. She is an amazing mom, uh, net net baller. Is that what I call it? Net ball, <laughs> net baller, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which would be. Similar to basketball here in the U.S. Uh, She is a mother to a autistic boy. Um, She is the wife to a basketball player here in the United States playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, And she is one of the board members of the incredible Culture City. Renee, hello. Hello.
2: Hi, I was I was actually going to start with a joke while you were talking there and say "G'day mate," but then I thought, <laughs> no, I won't do it. I won't do it. The Aussie uh, jokes are fast yes.
1: and coming. And Renee is. is is from Australia if y'all could not hear that yet.
0: <laughs> well, no. you, you also didn't know that that's an Australian sport as well. So when you said yes. when you said you played netball, I was like okay, I don't need to ask her where she's from. I didn't need any clarification. I got it. (laughs) Oh,
1: you knew. Okay. I had to ask Renee beforehand. I was like, um, so I assumed it was basketball because, you know, Joe plays basketball and you're really tall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I have never even heard of this. (laughs) It's not the same thing. Yes.
2: Yeah. It it is. It is not the same thing. It is similar Um, and it's actually the highest participation female sport in Australia. And it's actually all of the Commonwealth countries that play it. So we have a world championships and a Commonwealth games. Um, and I have always said to anyone that as soon as the United States really get onto the netball thing, I think we're going to have a bit of trouble in terms of competition because you would be very good at it.
1: Interesting. I love it. That is, I had no idea. Very, very, very cool. Do you know how I
0: knew about that? It's so I do want to know. My daughter is uh, like an obsessive gymnast at her young age of seven. And um, so we watch every gymnast uh, show there is. And there was um, a series where a girl's parents got divorced and that mom moved or they moved to Australia and she ends up going to an Australia private school and the friends that she make were like, oh, no, I'm going to take you to the netball game. And she's like, what is that? And it was like kind of the same response <laughs> that Josh had. And she was like, you'll see. And it was like totally <laughs> normal. And I was like, oh, okay, I get this. All right. This is, this is different. That's so cool. Um, I like it. So now I've actually met a real netballer. I can't wait to tell McKenna <laughs>
1: <Yes>. later. <laughs> well, welcome, 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 Renee. We are very excited to have you on. Um, uh, you as an individual, um, your family, but then also you as a representative for Culture City, who uh, is such an incredible nonprofit organization, who is going worldwide am I correct mm-hmm. on that worldwide mm-hmm. um in creating uh sensory inclusion in everything. every everywhere every. everything uh super amazing. So um why don't you start out by just giving us a little little backstory on on Renee Joe and the kiddos.
2: Yes. Um well honestly I really appreciate coming on the podcast this morning because one, I love talking to other mums. Two, I love talking to other mums that understand this autism and um, challenges space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love talking about to other mums about autism. I love anything to do with Culture City and sensory accessibility and inclusion. So what a wonderful way to spend my day chatting to you. So thank you for having me on. Um, in terms of our story, yes, we are Joe and I are both from Australia. We have lived in the United States now for coming up to nine years. Eight of those years have been spent in Salt Lake City, and we spent about five years in Europe before that with Joe's career. Uh, we have three beautiful children, six and a half year old twins and a two-year old, and two boys and a girl. Our twins are Jacob and Miller and then our youngest one is Jack. And it's Jacob, uh, who I say is my oldest child because he's three minutes older than Miller, um, was diagnosed on the spectrum and also with a sensory processing disorder when he was two and a half years old. Okay. Um, so that kind of, I guess you could say, four years ago started our journey with autism and living with an invisible disability in the house. Um, I think that we always knew what autism was, knew individuals who had autism, but I don't think we really understand it, the full scope of what that actually meant in terms of our lives and logistics and how much good autism would bring to our family and the greater community as well. Um, so we joined the Culture City Board three years ago and The growth that Culture City has had and that our family have had in the autism space is something that we are really passionate about, really excited by, and there's always more great work to be done. So we really love what we do. We are based, yes, here now in Milwaukee. Um, but have also started, um, we have literally announced it about a month ago, um, that I'm now the Executive Director of Culture City Australia. Um, so like you said, we are going worldwide, bigger and better, and very excited for what we can do in that space as well.
1: Yeah, super, super incredible. So, um, to talk a little bit about Jacob, if that's okay. Um, he was, you said he was diagnosed at two. Um, were you, you know, as parents, it's kind of easy for us to say as, as, um, special needs parents and, and being further along in, in our journeys that, we all kind of knew right you kind of had these feelings especially you know you're watching um twins right little uh, this little boy and this little girl who um we would s- expect to be kind of developing at the same same time and doing the same mm-hmm. things was that a was there a difference in that for you with the with the two kiddos were they yeah, I think for us it
2: was an interesting time because Jacob actually hit each and every physical milestone first mm. um, yeah. ahead of Miller, and really it was when they just turned two that we really started noting noticing some differences. I think me in particular, because Joe was traveling a lot and I was obviously um, a stay-at-home mum with the twins and having more time with them. And I can honestly say, in the beginning, from when they were around two, the doctors my family, our friends were all certain that there was absolutely nothing wrong and that the advice that I kept getting was not to compare the twins. One, because you shouldn't compare two children and their milestones anyway, but mostly because Jacob and Miller were different genders and you should never compare a boy to a girl and their development and they're your first kids and everything's okay. But I just feel like in my gut, whilst I was comparing um, a male and a female, there were significant differences that I wasn't ready to ignore and Joe really felt the same way. Um, in particular for us, and I know he was very young, he was only two, but in terms of in social settings, I used to take them to a little play group once a week and I would take them down there and Miller would be all in the action, playing with the bubbles, doing the art, singing the songs, watching the puppets with the entire group and with the teacher, and Jacob would be down the other end playing with the train on his own, um, and really had no awareness or no want to go and join the group, which is fine. It's two year old and not into that. That's fine. And then he started lining up all of his cars, um, color coding things. Um, whilst Miller was giving us eye contact, making lots of sounds and noises and starting that speech development, Jacob really had plateaued and wasn't doing any of that. There was really no eye contact or any of those sorts of things happening. So I actually changed our pediatrician and went and sat with a new pediatrician and just explained all of the things that I was feeling. And she was wonderful, especially in those first couple of years of Jacob's um, autism journey, because she said to me, we've always got to trust a mother's gut instinct and let's do this process of getting him assessed and you can always come to the end of an assessment and find out that it wasn't necessary and you didn't need to do that but let's do this in case there's something um, that we don't want to miss and that um, especially if you're feeling this way early intervention with autism is so important so let's go down this way even if it just is to give you peace of mind and as you would know, the autism diagnosis process is not an easy one. It's not one appointment and you tick a box and um, walk away with a diagnosis. It was quite a long and lengthy process for us over about six months, particularly because he was so young as well. And within that six months we started speech therapy and um, occupational therapy even before we had the diagnosis and both his OT and his speech um had indicated that they thought that maybe we were on the right train of thought. However, on January 8th, 2019, when we actually sat in the doctor's office for our last part of the assessment with a psychologist, um, Joe and I were giving each other air high fives and like, you know, raising our eyebrows across the room to each other going, wow, Jacob's come a long way. Like he's doing really well today. This is awesome. Like high fives. And at the end of the appointment, when she sat us down and looked at us and said, Yes, you're absolutely right, Jacob is on the spectrum um, and also has a sensory processing disorder, we were shocked. And I don't, I'm not sure why we were shocked because we'd been on this journey for, I want to say we'd been on the journey for eight, for six to eight months, right? However, we've always lived with Jacob and autism. So it's not like diagnosis date. And, Everything didn't change for us. He didn't wake up with autism that day. However, what that day did do for us, whilst those first two weeks for me were incredibly overwhelming, what that did for us was it opened the door to resources, understanding Mm -hmm. and interventions that Jacob was now able to get. Um, So I say that that day now is one of my favourite days because it really opened our eyes um, to this whole new world that was about to come at us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's incredible to, um, you know, like you like you were saying, we we've all maybe had a little bit of that intuition, or or some of us one maybe one of the parents, right? Um, and and to finally have it be, you know, set in stone, but it still is is a it still is uh, this whole new thing you know this whole new wake up like oh okay yes this is this is really happening um gene knows this but in in our house we um we celebrate jack's um autism diagnosis day we call it his autism birthday um and so Love every that. yeah every year and it happens to be in autism acceptance month um which i always think is just you know the universe yeah. just whoop. Lines things up, but, um, it, it, it is that, you know, solidifying and, and okay, we, there, there is something, but, but it is what opens up all those doors. Correct. Um, you know, of just the help you can get the, um, the support I you do, can get and. Yeah. I do ahead, say yeah. that
2: with a grain of salt though. Cause what I would say is that whilst we walked away that day with, you know, a manila folder full of resources in my hand and a diagnosis on a sheet, which meant that we could start talking to insurance and talking to therapy companies and all of this sort of stuff. I didn't realize how hard the process is for all of that and how much of a varying difference there is regardless. It doesn't, the diagnosis itself doesn't matter that much. Each state's so different. Each therapy center's so different. Each insurance company works so differently And then the wait lists, the wait lists to get your child into the therapy that you need. Like it was drilled into us that early intervention is so incredibly important for Jacobs. I put in quotation marks, more mainstream or normal upbringing, I guess you could say, Um, was it was imperative that he got into early intervention. And this was at two and a half. And the more early intervention that he got into him before four Um, the supposed better his outcomes would be. So then you start calling companies to try and get him ABA therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and they say that it's an 18-month wait to get an appointment. And that's where, honestly, the, the true stress and overwhelming feeling of having a diagnosis really set in for me and for us as a family and really where our journey started. And really now I wish I'd had the understandings of, companies and charities and the people that I work with now at Culture City because I feel like that was a resource um, or someone to ask questions of because that first probably couple of months after the diagnosis felt really overwhelming and really lonely because I just wanted someone else to understand what I was going through.
0: It's that that peer-to-peer support and that's Mm -hmm. what we talk about commonly on the podcast and then through various channels of my own. You know other advocacy that that I do myself as well that it's so essential and it is it it just affirms what we also reflect upon is that we think it, it's the other side of hurry up and wait so you're on the mm-hmm. one side of hurry up and wait when you have the practitioners not wanting to listen to your cares or someone is trying to you know, I had that same experience too, which is what then kept me kind of in denial for a long time. Is that people were saying, you know, no, you're, you're, he's, he's hitting all his physical milestones. He's fine. He's just a late talker, you know. And and it was like, let's just wait and see. And then you arrive, you get the what you think is the key to, to the castle here, you know, that the doors will open up. But then you learn how limited the accessibility is. Accessibility. yeah, And yeah. it is, it is, it is a, what is life changing is the distribution of time and energy. You, the diagnosis is one thing. The other part of it is all the things in your life um, yeah. and how you manage your time completely changes and, and your priorities because they're so hyper focused on that. And then it kind of feels, I always express it like you're in this like sprint, like, Oh, got to get this all done under four. You know, in mm-hmm. my case, my son didn't get his diagnosis till three and a half. So I even felt, I'm like, I got six months to get all this lined up, you know, yeah, yeah. like you total crazy overdrive. And so everything that you're saying, I a hundred percent relate mm-hmm. to and why we created this home platform for us, our, like ourselves was because we all felt very alone and it was hard to find your people and knowing how essential that is for our mental health walking through this. Yeah. Even if was- we knew like things to do, you know, it's still not the same. You know, having that uh, that shared understanding is super hypercritical
2: the uh, one of the most asked questions that I get from people one that are waiting or hoping for a diagnosis or have just got a diagnosis or a year into the journey is what's the best resource I could read, what's the best book that I could buy what's the best podcasts that I could listen to all of that what's the best thing that could educate me and the one thing I always say is find your people and mm. find your people that one have been through this two are going through this or have are on the same journey or timeline as you are because no book no resource nothing that if I have read or been given has Ever meant as much to me as it has sitting down with another parent or another person that actually understands the daily struggle of what I yeah. go through, yes. and have been through, through all steps of that way.
0: Yeah, um, well, just so has- you know you're giving that gift right now on the yes. episode in an amplified <laughs> manner because <laughs> yeah. you don't know how many. If you go on our reviews, that is the one of the primary mm-hmm. comments is. I feel like I'm sitting with my best friends. I feel like I found my people. And even though it's like kind of what, you know, once removed, there is, there, there is a huge impact with that. So you, you're even, you're taking that common thing that you are running into and amplifying that here and sharing that so much more. And we're so grateful for that. Yeah. More of that.
2: No, moms like me are grateful for what you're doing on the podcast because you know, that's what I did. I jumped on Google because I didn't know other people that were going through what I have gone through or was going through at the time, or I was Googling, what is autism? What is it like to live with autism? What, What are the outcomes? It's all of those unknowns and the questions that don't necessarily have answers or definitely don't necessarily have answers now, because I think I'm at a time in my life and I think the both of you would understand that my son, Jacob is still only six. So he's still in ABA therapy has been for four years now. But what I worry about is the future. What does that right. look like? I can keep him safe under my roof. I can keep him in the therapies and the earlier interventions at this age. But what, what about when he's 10? What about when he's 12? What about when he's in high school or wanting to apply for a college or what if none of that works out? What what are it's all of the questions that I don't have answers to, that sitting around with people like yourselves and listening to wonderful podcasts like this that you are doing that gives you that sense of it's okay not to know everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. You've said about twenty five
0: things that we've talked about in different. <laughs> <What>? different episodes. <laughs> I, I wanted. I wanted to do like. Show. I was like, okay, we got an episode on that. I got an episode on that. All of those <laughs> things you're talking about, <laughs> and, and and we have and we have tiered. You know. I think Shannon has the youngest. Me and Tosh, our our boys are the same age, and and oh, and Ruby's the same age as the boys. And then, uh, on because Brittany has two, and then she has the oldest. She has the sixteen year old. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we (laughs) we got a whole we got a nice little lifespan happening over here.
1: (laughs) Well, and and Renee, the beautiful thing about this is that everything that you're saying is exactly what Mm -hmm. our audience has said you know and 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 so to hear that from somebody else to hear that from um you know somebody from a completely different background you know we all though different journeys it's very similar right and and we all have the same um concerns and and sometimes the same struggles so Well yes and I'll add to
2: that okay and yeah. I need to say this in No, I'm not going to try and say it in a politically correct way. I'm just going to say it in the way that I feel. Yes, go ahead. So I'm (laughs) in safe space, right, safe space. Yes, correct. No, I just think that what Joe and I do and the work that we try to do in um, the autism community, just in the community for inclusivity and um, the sensory accessibility space, is what we try and do is really use our platform for good because I think that when people look at us and look at Joe's job and that I'm an NBA wife and a stay-at-home mom that has connections through Culture City, that that fixes my problems. But my day-to-day logistics, my day-to-day struggles, my day-to-day worries, um, my worries when I put my head on the pillow at night and worry about Jacob and his siblings and all of those things are exactly the same that everyone else is dealing with as well. And I think that it's, important one for me to be able to connect with the people everyone you um whoever they are wherever they are but also for those people to know that they can connect and understand and be on the same level as joe and i who financially maybe we don't have the struggles that other people have which just makes me want to bleed more money into this space Mm. um But whilst we may tick some boxes in terms of having some resources, the struggles are exactly the same.
0: So I get it.
2: I hear you. I see you. I want to help you. And that is why we use our platforms to do whatever we can in this space to help those people that may not have the voice or the opportunities or the resources that we have because of the opportunities
0: that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly absolutely. you were one of the advocates that Lizzo had missing from the stage at People's Choice Awards when she gave a shout out. And she said, I can't accept this. Here's the people that you really need to congratulate again. And there was so much representation from mm-hmm. every single marginalized community, mm-hmm. but disability. There was no one from a disability standpoint. And so right. often that is excluded from the conversation. So and she started, and why it was an extraordinary act, what she did. By even like having that, using her platform. Mm -hmm. She said exactly that. It's not, it's not just, it's not about having the platform. It's what you do with the platform you have. Mm -hmm. And those that can do is what needs to be done. Like you're doing that and we're doing that. Like that's very, very commendable. And, but you're, you're so right. The other nuances of it, it, that doesn't disappear. There's challenges.
1: No, No. it doesn't matter what,
2: Yeah where you're from. We're all human. I think that's yeah. the end of the day. We're all human.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know how incredible Renee that like Gina's saying you, you have, um, you know, taken a talent that you both have and, and you were able to get into the professional world and, um, and then you had children and you have, um, three incredible children, one of them being special needs. And you've used, you've used that, you've used your platform to talk about it, to make it accessible to people, to help, to change this, you know, not just this country, but all countries and, and the face of what, um, Invisible disabilities in and life, environments. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that is commendable in itself. Thank, thank you. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank you. And uh, like, I appreciate that. And I hope that definitely doesn't come across it. That uh, like, I, we're definitely not no after validation or no, credit or any of that stuff. But no. for me, it's just, and look, I'm not, I'm not even the one with the profile. Joe's the one with the profile. Um, But I think from my point of view, it's just I want your everyday person that is dealing with the day-to-day struggle to understand that I am there with you in the trenches dealing with all those same day-to-day struggles and it is hard, really, really hard work. And I also think that we are, Joe and I are a small part of, like I just feel like so many people How do I say so many people aren't public about the struggles that they're going through. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm trying to say is that Joe and I are not alone in the struggles that we're going through in um, our professions, in our world or any of that as well. But I think it's really important that we talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. That that's the that's a beautiful beautiful part about it is that you you are choosing to talk about it and to and to share that with the world where where you could just be quiet and you and you could um, go on about your lives and not have it be known and 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 not
0: you know be the people who are trying to help make a difference right. in, in this world. How, that, so that's how you transform stigmas. Yeah. And yeah. also the whole not seeking that, you know that that's one of the distinctions of people who are truly doing things to serve others is that you don't want the validation. And I like, I totally hundred percent get that. It's so awkward when people thank me for doing something that I want to do. I'm like, you know, I know I, I need to learn to be more graceful uh, about it. Like you should, everybody should, if, especially if someone's genuinely doing it, obviously, but I think it always feels awkward because you're not, that isn't truly why you're doing it. That's not why you're doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and don't you agree? I feel like the two of you would probably agree with me in that the work that people see you do and thank you for is so wonderful, but it's actually the conversations that you have with your girlfriends on the couch or another special needs parent of the stuff that no one else sees or even knows about is where the true validation comes from. Yeah, the it's stuff those, that no one else understands.
1: Those moments of of an encounter with somebody at the park, or yes. at the grocery store, or wherever it might be, and you are able to to validate their situation and and to, to be there for them. That is uh-huh. always what is fills mm-hmm. the cup. You know, um, that that super personal experience with people, um, with with others in this community. So. You're Um, so
0: right about that. That's how, that's our origin story. You know, we found mm -hmm. each other on the internet. We never met in person. And then we got on a Marco Polo chat and then all of a sudden the skies opened up. And then we (laughs) were, we were literally, we were like oversharing, you know, we like couldn't, we were like, once we felt like you could say the things that you would never say before, or you couldn't just say to anyone, all of a sudden you're just like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we are just letting it all hang out there. Yeah. And, um, and then it was like, Oh God, it was how just like, good. Do you feel when you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's so yes. good. you Even yeah. people listening yeah. to this right now, why they're sitting in their cars, they're like, I wish I was just sitting in the room with them right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 okay. So Renee, I have to ask then how, what is the, how do we come into the, the, uh, Joe Renee's story, Jacob's story with Culture City. How did that come about? Um, you you guys are are you guys are professional athletes, so you have worked in arenas that are huge. Mm-hmm. You've you know where you've seen um, you know I'm sure different things and um, had different experiences. But how how did that come? How did Culture City come into your path? Or, and maybe a little backstory for those of our audience that don't know exactly yes. what Culture City is.
2: Yeah, so Culture City was founded back in 2009 by Julian Maha and Michelle Kong, a wonderful couple, couple now that I call family. They have two beautiful boys of their own, one whom is on the spectrum um, and is nonverbal, and that is where Culture City came from. Mm-hmm. Basically, they felt, and this is exactly the same experience that Joe and I had, and I'm sure you as well and, and the people that are listening, is that as soon as there was a diagnosis, we withdrew from the community. Yeah. All of a sudden in my mind and on paper I had all of these things that we'd love to do but I couldn't do because I didn't know, one, if Jacob would cope, if we would cope as a family if Jacob wasn't coping, would other people be able to cope with him in these environments? We withdrew. Um, And when we got the call from Culture City to meet with them at the – about a month before the pandemic hit, so it was February 2020. Um, Julian told me a little bit about the work they were doing with Culture City. And honestly, I didn't know a huge amount about them. However, I knew that Joe and I were really passionate about this space and that I would love to meet with them to see what they do, how we could add value to what they do. Um, they had a really cool lineup of board members. So I was like, okay, they must be doing something pretty good here. And as soon as I got into a room with Julian and Michelle and the other board members, I was sold. Um, it was such a passionate group of diverse individuals from all over with different backgrounds, different experiences with sensory accessibility and inclusion and sensory issues and needs um, that I feel like Joe and my purpose, especially in this world really started to line up for us and come to life and fill our cup essentially like what you spoke about Mm -hmm. and over that three years our journey with culture city has just grown and grown and grown as culture city has i just think more people know what culture city is now i think into i like to tell people when they say what does culture city really do i say there's nothing we can't do especially in the invisible disability space. What do you need? Let's make it happen. We are solution-focused, not problem-focused. And at the end of the day, we want individuals and families to not have to withdraw from their community but to be out there with everybody else enjoying their community, their museums, their aquariums, their sporting events, um, experiences, airports, their, their touch base with first responders, all of the things that we go through in a day our daily living individuals with invisible disabilities should be given the same opportunities to experience just like everyone else as are their families because that's what i felt as well not only was jacob missing out on these experiences but so were my other two kids yeah because we were withdrawing yeah. so for me yeah. it's about getting people out of the safety of their homes and into spaces and places and people that include them for who they are and celebrate them for who they are and that everyone can belong wherever that is in the community.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so incredible. I love it. Jean, sorry. So, did no. you want to say something? Yeah, it no, is. It's
0: just, it is, it is the most powerful messaging. And I, that, that needs to be, that needs to be so pervasive throughout the world. That's the pervasive um, juice that mm-hmm. that needs to be spread everywhere and the messaging and the, and I don't I've I've always said that it's it's not the grief lot of the grief around things is not necessarily it's not again it's not the diagnosis itself it's the lack of ac- accessibility to things mm-hmm. you increase the accessibility everybody hap- is everybody is happy and everybody wins here because there's nothing that yes. has ever been done for the disability community that has not benefited the general population. Right. It's been, we all benefit from modifications around the world. Every single human being does. And no one has any idea where it was sourced from. And I will tell you the majority of the time, it's through innovation, through those with disabilities.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so, and
0: education, you know, that's.
1: The key thing too, especially with with these individuals, accessibility,
2: indiv- in, in, yeah, at, you yeah. know, disability, understanding, yeah, and just an appreciation. I say this all of the time. It's actually not even whether you have an invisible disability or not. I just think everyone, as a human, as an individual, deserve the deserves the opportunity to be celebrated for who they truly authentically are and to have their experiences the way that they're meant to have their experiences. I just think some of the times we've got it backwards. I think we talk about Jacob and what his challenges are and things that he can't do or can't um, attend or things that he might not be able to be or deal with or cope with and I want to turn that around and say I want to see the world the way Jacob does because Mm -hmm. the way that he sees it is far more beautiful than a lot of people that I've crossed paths with Um, yeah but I want the same for my daughter Miller and I want the same for my son Jack I want all of them to be able to be who they are and me as an adult I don't cope with everything well all of the time and i want to be safe in that space as well i think it's just jacob has given us the platform to be able to say that and do that and essentially have credibility behind these messages and i don't think that should be the way but i'm happy to use it because that is the way if that makes yeah. sense that starts the conversation it starts the conversation it starts the storytelling
0: and starts the change, the change, the change. Mm -hmm. It's about the change.
1: Mm -hmm. What
0: you said so much is about the similar messaging that, so you, so, I mean, I know Meg's not on the board, but she was hired by Culture City. So Meg Raby, the author of My Brother Otto, do you Mm -hmm. have the auto books? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the whole thing is just, you know, seeing the world through Otto's eyes and letting Otto enjoy the world the way he wants to enjoy the same, you know, a similar experience that others are having, but just in his own way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think Mm -hmm. that that messaging is just so aligned with your own personal vision. That's also adopted through this vision or grander vision through culture city. You know, that's just super powerful.
2: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. at Culture City, our tagline is making the nevers possible. Yes. And that's what it's all about. And it does people say, well, what are the nevers? And I say, well, what do you want them to be?
0: Because, yes. you know, yeah, why they, do you know yes. why they do that is because they don't know. I, I don't know if you had this experience. So let, let us know if you did. But I, I think a lot of people thought, oh, well, you have the diagnosis. So you got everything, everything you mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. Like people you like we talked about perception earlier, yes. yeah right those perception that's the perception that people have like mm-hmm. do you did you get that you know how how did you did you get a lot of so because you, you had a lot of people who did not think there was anything going on with him and when mm-hmm. you finally got that effort uh, you know uh, you know affirmation that it was yes for sure that a confirmation that he has autism like what did that do? to those relationships of those Well I can
2: say that on a more public platform having an autism diagnosis and fi- being financially stable because of Joe's job people assume that we're okay that everything's okay because we have the money to pay for the autism diagnosis mm-hmm. and get the resources that we need but just like mm-hmm. everyone else we have insurance battles um, we have two very different systems to deal with in Australia and the United States. It's very two very different platforms. Australia are a lot further behind in terms of um, autism and autism services c- and compared to here, and then insurances work really differently, all of those things. In terms of the individuals that throughout the process said, you're fine, just wait, stop comparing the two, I, they were I think that everyone is exactly the same the day before diagnosis as the day after for us, incredibly supportive. We are really lucky with the family and friends and support networks that we have around us, and I'll say that till the day I die. We are so incredibly lucky with the support that we do have. Um, However, what I would say, or in hindsight what I would say, or if someone came to me and maybe I didn't feel like you know, because I think that people think because I have an autistic child that I could diagnose their child with autism. Do you get that? Do you get that? Like, yes. oh, do, you, do you think my child could be autistic because you know what autism looks like? And I'm like, autism is no so two individuals yes. that you will meet present the same when it comes to, which is why it's a spectrum. However, that's getting a little bit off topic. But what I would no. say <laughs> that If you are a friend or a supporter or a colleague or a family member of someone who is talking about their child or their sister or brother or whatever it is that feels like they may be having some challenges and there may be something there, listen. Mm -hmm. Listen and support that. I wish the people around me had said, okay, you're feeling all of these things. I don't want to be told that nothing's wrong because I knew in my gut that something was wrong. But how do I best support you in going through this? Or how do I ask you more questions to help? Or how do I just sit here and listen to the worries that you're having? Because that, whilst I didn't lose anyone in that process um, and people were incredibly supportive, especially once we started the process, I think the initial questions that I had, I needed validation for.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And and, go ahead, Jean. That was uh, such an important um, nuance. Like it's message, like even think about that, you know, the automatic response is that people assume that we don't want that to be, they, you know, that the, the wiring, you know, the mentality Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. it is that, oh, you don't know, I'm going to, that they you know, it is actually good intentions because I had that experience too. There was, there was difference. There was some people they were saying, absolutely not. And other people that were like, you know, being more observational and like, no, I don't think so. And, and this is why. Um, and, and it was because they thought that that's what I, or that we wanted or needed to hear, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it became yes. really it came. It, it it became confusing. You didn't realize that you're confusing yourself, and so that's one thing is that you didn't abandon yourself. You still mm-hmm. followed your instinct, and you moved over to another doctor and got that. So I know we cycled back to that, but I just think,
2: well, that I, was I feel just really like that curious all cycles enough. back into the conversation that we were having earlier as well. In that, that is the issue in the inclusion and disability space. Mm-hmm. We're all too scared to have the hard conversation, yes. the uncomfortable conversation, and that's where accessibility comes and circles back around in here and the work we're doing with Culture City is that our training helps employees or first responders, yeah, whatever it is in all of the training that we can do um it helps you ask the right questions, it helps you feel okay being in the uncomfortable, seeing the uncomfortable, experiencing the uncomfortable and feeling okay in that and how can I help that individual, that person, myself, all of that. That is the reason that I wouldn't take my son Jacob to a stadium, not because I'm necessarily worried about, I'm not worried about the judgment. I'm not necessarily worried about how he will or won't cope because I know that I can help him in all of those instances, but I don't know how other people are going to cope if he's not coping. Mm -hmm. The people sitting around us in our seats or a worker that's seeing him have a meltdown or a security guard that as we walk through security wants to take his device or his iPad off him. Can you help me explain to him that you will get it back on the other side of security? It's a whole chain of events that come into getting off my couch and going to experience something as a family that just has extra worry because I have a child with sensory needs and issues, which is where the education piece comes back, which is where it comes back to be uncomfortable, feeling uncomfortable, asking the uncomfortable and helping someone else, which helps me.
1: Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Or did I yes. just jibber? No, 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 no. 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> because you it
0: just could- even broke down that it takes like a thousand more steps. And we are also not working on the accommodations of our sons, but we're working on accommodating the other people that need to accommodate my my son. Mm-hmm. Right? right. You know? And, and it's what's and- exhausting. <laughs>
1: it it all, it all it all circles back around to to the education you know um I, I think there's even though autism is much more known now um there's still so many people who are not educated to um you know to spectrum to the spectrum and and autism and sensory processing disorder all of the all of the different things so it is It is just that going back to that education and, and for the rest of the world to be comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because that is the only way we're going to grow as a human being. Right. Um, and, and, and learn and, and be able to, um, see from somebody else's perspective or from their, you know, from their lens. So, and let's um, just
2: say like, we're not as three moms sitting here having a chat. We're not asking everybody to become experts on autism no. or experts on living with autism. That's not what this is about either. Um, that expectation isn't there. But it is about learning a little bit more, I guess, and not just about autism but about invisible disabilities and sensory needs and especially from a venues, a medical provider, first responders, um. You know, event spaces, whatever it is, the list goes on and on and on. Is that our training that we do and provide is not incredibly hard to understand? It's easy to complete. It can all be done online, easy to understood, and then easy to apply. Yes. And yeah. it's not hugely going to change your day doing the training, but it's going to change mine when I bring my son into your world.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, chills. <laughs> so I have to ask with that. Um, so, you know, cause I think a lot of people in, in this community are like, how can I get involved? How can I, how can I better advocate, not just for my child, but what can I do to get involved in these different spaces and, and places? And, um, culture city is, is not this magic unicorn up here that you can't know that any, any person can get involved with. Right. Uh, and whether that's, you know, through donating or um, volunteering um, or even (laughs) taking the steps to make somewhere that you spend a lot of time in, you know, for, for um, my husband and I, that's my husband being a first responder and, and um, making sure that his department is, uh, certified and and inclusive and has a better understanding of disabilities and and those especially of of invisible disabilities um so that they can better handle situations yeah. um so how does that look for the average mom person. or dad or person
2: <laughs> well i think first and foremost is what a wonderful okay I need to premise that I was about to say what a wonderful world we live in, where we have social media. But I have real mixed feelings around that yes. too, and I know that I know that you do, Tash. So that I can so I can say that um, social media is this wonderful platform that connects to people. And that's what I love about it. There can be a lot of good in that. Um, There can also be, (laughs) it can also be toxic in the same sentence. But I do think in terms of social media connection and Culture City and telling the story, because I think that's what brings us together, right? Storytelling. That's what connects you and I and your sons and your kids to my kids and my son and my story and my journey and Culture City is storytelling. That means connection. Um, Culture City will always give you that, especially through our Make the Nevers Possible program. But in terms of being involved, I think the best thing that people can do is head to our website because it's not a one-stop shop at Culture City. There's so many different ways you can learn, be involved, donate. You can run for Culture City. Uh, There's so many different ways that you can give back and there's so many different people involved in doing that that You can give as little or as much as you want in terms of financially but just in terms of time and resources and passion and that's what we're about at at Culture City. So I urge everyone to head to the website just to first and foremost learn more because that's what this is about and we can be a resource for people that want to help another or we can also, of course, be a resource for those people that are on this journey with invisible disability and sensory needs and that does not just mean autism. So Absolutely. if you are someone who are tuning into this sensory needs and invisible disability can mean so many different things. It's autism, ADHD, dementia, mental illness. Um, there's a whole a list that goes on and on and on. So mm-hmm. no one's left out.
1: Yes. And, and also I just found this out the other day. How did I not know this? You guys have an app, so, for any of the any of our audience out there, anybody out there, um it's as easy as getting onto your Android or your Apple uploading Culture City app and then it will show you anywhere within your area that is uh, culture city sensory inclusive, whether it's the zoo or a stadium or a library, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, which is so incredible
2: airport um, first responders all of that stuff and mid-year we're going to have some very very exciting app announcements for you and even more that the app can do and resources that it will be for people dealing with all things invisible disability and sensory needs so I can't wait for all of that to be in all of our hot little hands to use and um, have as a resource as well.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, okay. You guys, we should wrap this up, but, um, Jean, any, anything else you want to, you want
0: to. No, because talk. we'll keep talking because this, is, will. Vortex, first this off. is a vortex. I,
1: thinking, I, I feel <laughs> like that just, I feel
2: like
0: that just went in a blink of an eye. I know, it, I know. It I mean, did, it did, but it's, it's, it's a vortex and it's almost like, she's like, you know, the new mom in our group, and we need to know everything. <laughs> and, um, and we just don't, we just don't have enough, there's enough time for that. But it's just not, yeah. this is not goodbye or the end. This is now no, no. the beginning of, of a, you know, our relationship with you. And so I really appreciate the time. Like our time, all of our time is so, so valuable. And it's, you know, not, you know, we we usually have these little windows and pockets of time to even to do this. So it is really precious. And thank you for being such a champion and ambassador. Like I'm glad that what's awesome is when you're not tied to a governmental agency like I am and I serve on a school board, <laughs> you are serving on a nonprofit <laughs> board and you don't have as much red tape and you could just be like, I can speak on behalf. Um, and so I was like, Oh, I love this. Let's go. Let's do this.
2: Um, oh, I love that. And I really appreciate you having me on. I honestly feel like we just scratched the surface in things we did. that we, we did. can yeah. and could talk about. So I have yeah. loved being welcomed into your mums group and we'll come back anytime to discuss big and little issues because I could talk about autism and invisible disabilities and the work that needs to be done in that space forever and ever and ever. And if there's one thing that anyone takes from this podcast from me is that autism coming into my life and our family's life has been the absolute biggest blessing to us. Ever and I wouldn't change it for the world, and the way that it has changed me as a person and us as our family is something that I would never ever want taken away. So, if you're someone that is early into this journey, embrace it for all of the hard but all of the wonderful moments as well, because there are plenty of
1: those as well. Yes, it's a blessing. Yes, very well, man, girlfriend. Let me tell you, that is that is. That is the best advice because we do have so many, um, so, so many newer um, families on their, on their journey and, and it is, it's scary and it's, and it's daunting. And, um, you know, we get into our head and all we see is sometimes that, that of the hard and the bad and the negative. Um, but it is such a blessing. It's such a blessing to have these people in our life who are changing changing this world and who are changing our perspective and, you know, their classmates perspective and, and everywhere, just changing the world. So i um, super grateful you shared that, Renee. Well, we do still have to peek it. And
0: I, oh, one of the oh, reasons, yes. the
2: reasons why. The week. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, Tosh, week. Tosh is in charge of the jingle and the jingle changes every single time. Oh. Oh. I'm not, a, I'm not a singer, but you know, we I have, like to pretend. Well, actually the one things. that... The one that is the singer is always too shy to sing. Right. So, yeah. But <laughs> Tosh, Tosh's middle name is uh, not shy. It's uh, Tenacious. Yeah. <laughs> tenacious Tosh. There we go. She is. <laughs>
1: um, I feel, I feel so, like I should be part of uh, that one. What's the actor?
0: Um, tenacious D. What's his name? Tenacious. Oh, Jack Black. Jack Black. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. Part of his career. God, I love him. Oh, my, <laughs> I just love him so much.
1: All right. So I'll go
0: first. Go first, yes. Go go ahead first, so it gives you some idea. So I'm having, you know, a little bit of respite this week. Kind of, well, it's a mixed bag. But my mother-in-law is here, okay, and um, she said to me, she said, "Make sure that I get a shout out on the peak of the week because (laughs) your mother-in-law came here, sweeping your floors, and she's (laughs) also." And she's also wiping down your cabinets, and she looks up at me while she's literally underneath me, while I'm in the kitchen, and she goes, I want you to know I'm not judging you while I'm doing this. I just have OCD. You know this.
1: Yeah. you got to love a parent or an in-law with ADHD and OCD, okay? Come on.
0: <laughs> so I knew also that Josh would completely appreciate that. Thank
1: you, Lauren. Thank you. We are shouting you out from the rooftops. You are the mother-in-law.
0: so go ahead Renee (laughs) Renee, you you have something like that even if the Airbnb has a maid service or something I don't know I'm just kidding
1: (laughs) yes it's name is Renee (laughs) (laughs) Ah. check off the list all the things she is right now
2: oh gosh (laughs) this is something that normally in my normal circle of friends here my um wonderful Bucks group of friends that I'd probably wouldn't feel safe sharing but I feel like with you guys and with your listeners that this was a small peak in my week that brings a lot of joy to a family like mine right so Joe for the last month has been on the road for what has felt to me forever so I feel like I'm really single mumming life at the moment Um, but he's home for a couple of days this week and I had said to him We've fallen into this trap, especially after COVID, of our kids just being on technology way too often, okay? And I've got the kids on my own all of the time. Technology for Jacob is a real, it's the most wonderful thing in the world, honestly, as a parent because it's a real safe haven for him, um, it's a real regulator for him, whilst I hate saying that, but technology for him is just his thing. Um, and I think before I had kids and before I had a child with a special needs or with a special need. I used to always say, my kids will not be on technology. My kids will not be eating chicken nuggets. All you know, that was one of had. those months. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was, it really is a comedy show, all of the things that I thought I was going to be as a parent and that I'm not. Um However, I had said to Joe, I just really at mealtime, I want to try and get Jacob off his iPad and just to engage and connect with us a little bit. But we're really going to have to start small here. Mm -hmm. So last night for dinner, we ordered McDonald's because Jacob will not eat any other nugget from anywhere else. It has to be McDonald's nuggets. And that is it. So we ordered McDonald's nuggets and pizza for my other two children because they don't want to eat McDonald's nuggets and mum can't be bothered cooking. And we set up the whole dinner table and we had the McDonald's and all of these things ready to get Jacob off his iPad. And I set up, you know, the visual timer so that he could see you don't have to sit with your family for long, but just until the little robot guy pops up on the visual timer. Okay. (laughs) And I had everything set up for absolute success and it just did not go very successfully at all last night. It was pretty horrific, but we sat through the screaming and the throwing and the wanting the iPad and all of that stuff. And what my husband, um, I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for this, but it really was my peak of the week. Joe got a pickle out of his um, son out of Jack's hamburger and stuck it on his head, right? So you had this pickle (laughs) leaking with McDonald's juice on it down his forehead and all of the kids thought it was the funniest thing Jacob we literally sat there for nine minutes whilst the timer went because we couldn't make it 10 because Jacob said he's not sitting there for 10 minutes so for nine minutes the kids sat there laughing at the fact that Joe had a pickle stuck on his head and there was no technology, no devices. And I was crying with laughter, trying really hard not to get my own technology device out to photograph this historic family moment that we were having. Anyway, the timer goes off. We go, congratulations, Jacobs. Thank you so much for sitting with us and blah blah blah. and then tonight the timer goes to 11 minutes and just every night we're going to increase it and really make this a family dinner thing and we will get there it's just a long slow arduous relentless task like you know but joe takes a pickle off his head and for the next three hours he has like a pickle rash on his (laughs) (laughs) forehead Oh, because of the acid from the, <laughs> yeah,
0: from the pickle. And
2: all night oh I just gosh. got to giggle away at the pickle rash that was on an NBA player's forehead. I love it. From Joe,
1: you came in strong, brother. I to in do <laughs> a
2: technology-free dinner, which is so ridiculous. Oh but honestly, gosh. I think sometimes we just forget to laugh. Honestly, yes. in the chaos of life and family and young kids and autism and all of the things. And last night, I had the best belly laughs with my kids because yes. of a pickle rash. So
0: there it I is. love There's it. My that is dopamine hit and uh, cortisol release. Oh yeah, my gosh, so good, yeah. so good, and and all of the things
1: in it, don't we know? Yep, chicken nuggets <laughs> only from here. Yep, oh. slow parenting. Yep, iPads yep. at the dinner table. Oh my goodness, mm. let me tell you, oh, I, love it, Renee. I love it, I love it. Okay, mine is going to be since since um, yeah, since we're launching this um, that that week. Um, I'm just going to be able to tell everybody, I. I'm so excited to say I will be in Arizona this weekend at the Super Bowl, working for Culture City, or not working, excuse me, volunteering. I am Yay! so excited. Yeah, um, yeah so th- when this is launching, Renee, is is uh, is that coming yeah. weekend, so.
2: That is so exciting. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you. I'm hoping to be there too, which is
1: probably further from my reality, but, um, I'm, I'm hoping I, as well. So if I am there, then we are absolutely you know. connecting this week. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So exciting. So exciting. Um, okay. You guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on Renee, all the, all the things. All All the the thank you right back at you. All the love, all the, like, thank you for getting on and and representing Culture City and sharing with us the incredible, just, and again, scratching the surface of the incredibleness of um, Culture City, also your family and your story. And we will absolutely have you on again and go deeper. Um, Tell us where we can find you. Tell us where we can find Culture City. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Renee
2: Ingalls and Culture City is at Culture City on Instagram as well. But the the best resource that you can have in your hand is the Culture City app, which you can download or also just head to the website at culturecity.org. It is an incredible place to really feel like you're at home. Um, I'm so glad that Culture City and the Ingalls crossed paths and will be in each other's lives forever. Yeah. You all... I already feel like we're besties that we could sit and have a cuppa and talk all day. So thank you so much for having me on the podcast and I absolutely love and adore all of the wonderful work and messages that you're putting out into the community. So keep doing what you're doing. Love it. Yeah, thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank thank you. I will never me. look at a pickle the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I love pickles. I love pickles and I I'm a I um I have a secret. I have a I like to drink pickle juice. It's like a Oh. Don't drink too much of it, though. It, then it will come It was again. It was something like during pregnancy that happened. I don't know. And I'm not pregnant anymore, obviously. That shop is shut down. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I
2: actually thought that was going to be Tasha's peak a minute ago. I'm like, I don't know her well enough. Is she about to tell me that she's pregnant? <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The way you if was, I am, we're in trouble.
0: We are in big trouble. If I am. Anybody, anybody, <laughs> anybody, any one of us—if we're there, we were with child right now. Where what it? Tosh likes to say in her story. What did you say? When? What was your story? When I came, when I fell into being. Pregnant? Oh, you fell pregnant.
1: You fell pregnant. You fell pregnant. <laughs> I was watching a lot of Bridgerton at the time. Renee, come on, she
0: come on. on. When I fell you just pregnant. <laughs> It's a very British way to say it. I, I was, I was like done. I was like, I couldn't wait for her to have a break in her story to be like, um, oh you guys, you have we, have this, we have to shut this down. Okay. You guys,
1: everybody in this in the mom's talk autism audience, thank you so much. Thank you, the community. Follow us on Instagram at mom's talk autism. Um If you have something lovely to say, you can reach out at hello at momstalkautism.com and leave us a five-star review because it's how we can reach more people. Okay. Love y'all. Catch you on the flip side. Woo! Bye. (laughs) Bye.